Friday, February the 24th, 2017, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Gordon Darach, a British journalist based in The Hague. With me is Molly Quell, an American journalist and contributing editor at Dutch News, and representing the hard-working Dutch folk today is Paul Peters, uh, who's a civil engineering student. Although we understand that uh, Molly is now also a, officially a Dutch person now. Yes, I officially uh, uh, biked a bunch of crap home from Ikea in a storm. Without stopping. Without stopping. So according to all of the bylaws from the integration authorities, I am now officially Dutch. <laughs> also, I ate hagelslag for breakfast, <laughs> so I expect my Dutch passport to turn up any day now. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yes, congratulations. Thank, you. thank you very much. And Paul, what do you been up to uh, this weekend? Uh, this week weekend I'm going to Carnaval. Oh yes, because you are from the south. Because I'm from the south. I'm uh, I'm from Tulpetanenstad, which is Carnavalish for uh, Rosendaal. Yes. So uh, I'm going to spend my weekend there. Okay. So please do not contact me in the week because <laughs> I won't be able to pick up the phone. This week's menu of news features some drugs, a feast fit for a king, some sponsored cows and a spare leg. Our top story is uh, that Dutch MPs have backed a plan to regulate the cultivation and production of cannabis plants. A narrow majority in the lower house voted in favour of a bill introduced by D66 MP Vera Bergkamp that will allow licensed growers to supply the country's cannabis cafes, or coffee shops as they're known. The government would also be responsible for quality control. However, the bill still has to pass through the Senate, and what form the regulation takes will depend on what type of government takes office after next month's election. And as we'll hear later on in our discussion, this is the latest attempt to fix the rather strange situation with the regulation of cannabis in the Netherlands. Yes, so uh, stay tuned. A member of the protection and security team of PVV party leader Geert Wilders was arrested on Monday following revelations that he sold information to a criminal organization, according to the NRC newspaper. The AD newspaper reported on Wednesday that the man had been under scrutiny previously while he worked for the police in Utrecht. The Minister for Justice, Stef Blok, announced that all the necessary measures are being taken and assured that there is no reason to believe that any protected person has been in danger. Mr. Wilders, who has been heavily protected 24 hours a day for the past 12 years, announced that he will cancel all his campaign events until the police investigation is completed. Mr. Wilders commented this morning in the Telegraaf newspaper, saying that he doesn't have faith in the minister's reassuring words. So he's cancelled all of his campaign events, right? I understand. Or yes, his, his, his singular campaign Yeah, there was only one campaign event and in, in Volendam this weekend and it has been cancelled. So. Yeah. so lots of uh, foreign journalists who are staying in hotels in Volendam can be disappointed, I think. <laughs> a little spare time in their hands. So. Yeah. <laughs> because they can see the wonderful city of Volendam. Yeah, they can take some uh, group photos uh, together in uh, Kledertracht. There you yeah. go. Most of the country was under a code orange weather warning yesterday, and for good reason. High winds blew a truck off of a bridge and caused a minor plane crash at Schiphol. Winds of over 100 kilometers an hour were recorded in the western part of the country. NS, anticipating the storm, began canceling trains early Thursday morning. Overall, no serious injuries were reported, including from the 59 passengers on the Flybe flight that crashed at Schiphol. Yes, and officially it's not a heavy storm because uh, uh, to be uh, a storm called heavy, there needs to be a wind speed of uh, 10 bow fours for one consecutive hour on average in the country and they managed to uh, to get the 55 minute, but not an hour. So officially it's not a heavy not storm. A heavy storm. So it's a 90% storm. Yes, yeah, it was a 90% <laughs> storm indeed. Despite yeah. the fact that it was only a 90% storm, it still managed to blow over a bunch of glass stuff in my backyard, which I discovered this morning when I let the dog out and he went crunch, 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 and I went, oh shit, now he's got glass in his paws. So that was a bit of a, that was a, bit oh, of a mess. Sad. Yes. Yeah. So there were some casualties. Yes, so yeah. at least one minor casualty. <laughs> <laughs>
The king is celebrating his 50th birthday by inviting 150 other people born on the same day to have dinner with him. Anyone who reaches an age ending in a 5 or a 0 on April the 27th can apply to join King Willem-Alexander and Queen Maxima at the Royal Palace on Dam Square in Amsterdam the following day. The palace will also be open to the public for 50 consecutive hours to mark the king's special day. So if you want to join the royal feast or nominate a friend to go to the dinner, you've got until March the 3rd to put your application in and you'll find a link on the Dutch News website. Although, I should stress, we're not processing the applications. That's been done by the Royal Palace. Yeah, <laughs> complaints probably for the best. Nobody here is born on April the 27th? No, certainly not. No, not anyone I know either. I did become 25, just not on the right date. So yes. that's, that's unfortunate for me. So does this mean that... So the king is turning 50, right? Mm -hmm. So does this mean he's going to get one of those giant blow-up Abraham doll things that they put in front of Dutch people's houses? Are yeah, they going to put one of those in front of the palace, maybe? <laughs> yes, because the tradition is, isn't it, that when you turn 50, you're supposed to see Abraham in, in your back garden, or Sarah if you're a woman, yeah. and your friends and relatives will very kindly put some kind of giant papier-mâché or blow-up doll in front of your house to mark this. Yes, speed road signs, <laughs> yeah. uh, seeing 50 and yeah. stuff like so, that. So we'll have to see if, we see if any of those pops up in front of uh, Palace Nordeinde in the... I really want someone to put a giant Abraham blow-up doll in front you can of the palace. You can take up this, uh, <laughs> this task. <laughs> I won't be here, sadly, on the 27th. I'm going to be in the U.S., but uh, I'm sure someone will, uh, will take up, take yeah, up this I'm challenge. Sure. All the palaces will have a uh, yeah. blow-up doll. The Dutch Railways NS announced that they are running out of storage room for the lost and found objects. During the past 12 months, passengers left 111,942 items in trains, an increase of 11% over last year. The NS doesn't have an explanation for the increase. 60% of all lost objects are returned to the owner, but the rest have to be stored in the NS's warehouse in Utrecht, which is reaching its limits. The most common objects left in trains are coats, mobile phones and sunglasses, but remarkable examples include a wheelchair, a briefcase full of $100 bills, fake bills though, keys to a Ferrari car and a prosthetic leg. What's the weirdest thing you've ever left in the train? Uh, a prosthetic leg, of course. One <laughs> <laughs> wonder how you can actually get off the train and leave your prosthetic, prosthetic leg your behind and, and not notice. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the wheelchair person just... Uh, was, uh, it was a miraculous was recovery. Just, they, they, miracle, they, yeah. they, <laughs> they stood up and walked. Yeah. A Christmas miracle. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> In other strange news, the existing sheep fund will be expanded to include cows and pigs. What is a sheep fund, you ask? It is a fund that allows you to sponsor a pregnant sheep for 75 euros per year. Should you choose to sponsor a sheep, you will receive a certificate, you are allowed to come visit the lamb, and you will be allowed to attend a sheep shaving session. This so-called flock funding will be expanded to cows and pigs, which is slightly more expensive at 100 euros per year. Uh, these flocks are not uh, financially viable on their own, so the money goes to subsidize the cost of flock maintenance. Why are pigs and cows more expensive? Uh, I, I, I can't answer that question, to be honest. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. In football, it was a mixed night for the two Dutch clubs left in the Europa League. Ajax sneaked past Polish side Legia Warsaw by a single goal, scored by defender Nick Vierhever in the second half. However, Asset suffered a miserable night in Lyon, going down 7-1 to the French side to complete an 11-2 aggregate defeat. Nabil Fakir scored a hat-trick for the home team. It equals the worst ever defeat by a Dutch club in a European match. Uh, so it wasn't so much uh, Lyon against Azette as Lions versus Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 7-1 is, uh, is pretty bad. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not great. Losing in France, that's the first time. Yeah. <laughs> in a minute, we'll be taking an in-depth look at our top story about cannabis. But first, a word from our sponsors. Don't know the difference between the PVDA and the PVV? 
With Dutch national elections rapidly approaching, Dutch news has all the election coverage you need. Our reporting is entirely in English, and we publish daily updates about the polls, debates and campaigns ahead of the March 15th election. Every week we feature a long-form article about a topic which features prominently in this election. On the evening of the election, we'll host a live blog on our site discussing the results as they come in. You can find all of the Dutch news and election coverage at dutchnews.nl slash election-2017. As we heard earlier, the Dutch Parliament has approved plans that would allow cannabis plants to be cultivated by licensed growers. It's a latest attempt to fix the anomalous situation in the Netherlands, whereby coffee shops are allowed to sell small quantities of cannabis under licensed conditions, but have to buy their stock on the black market. The Public Prosecution Service is opposed to the plan, arguing that regulating production will not restrict the illegal trade because most cannabis produced in the Netherlands is exported. But coffee shop owners and municipalities have been campaigning for years to create a legal supply line. The Netherlands' pioneering drugs policy has been praised and criticised around the world, so we thought we'd take a look at it in detail and try to separate the myths from the reality. I suppose the first uh, thing we should uh, clear up, uh, Paul, is uh, what exactly is the legal status of cannabis in Well, the actual legal status of cannabis is that it's illegal. Contrary to what people think, uh, marijuana is indeed illegal in the Netherlands. However, the uh, OM, the public prosecutor, um, uh, um, has a protocol that says that they are not uh, prosecuting anyone that uh, uh, possesses five grams or less uh, cannabis. Uh, and they're also not prosecuting any people that are growing uh, less than five uh, marijuana plants. So there's a, there's a huge grey area in which uh, marijuana isn't allowed in the Netherlands, but, you know, we allow it to, we allow it like this. Yeah. And how did this situation come about? I mean, it seems like sort of an odd, like... They started a trial in the 70s after a uh, festival in Rotterdam, and for some reason they thought this was a good idea, and then they uh, implemented it in the entire country. But okay. And is there a particular reason that they haven't just... I don't know, legalized it, passed some legislation that says like this is legal at five grams or less, but rather than just allowing it to continue in this weird sort of gray area? Uh, so it's not a le leg legislation. Okay. It's really a protocol of the public prosecutor okay. and the police. And they agreed on this. I don't know why they specifically agreed on the five grams and the five plants, maybe because it's a nice number, a crown yeah. number, mm -hmm. uh, according to the king. Um, uh, so it's not a legislation. It's, it's re really, literally, it is forbidden in the Netherlands mm. to have marijuana. Yeah. And if you tell this a foreign person, then you're like, what, wait, is this? Yeah. That I thought it was uh, legalized in the Netherlands. Well, actually it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, but the headache for the coffee shop owners is that uh, they have this weird situation where they're allowed to, well, they're unofficially permitted to uh, sell small quantities to their customers, but they can't actually buy it in. They have to go to the black market to get their stocks, and that causes all kinds of uh, sort of logistical problems for them as well. So this creates a situation in which you have coffee shops, which are licensed and regulated by the government, that sell a product that is technically illegal to sell and definitely illegal to buy. Yeah, so how can you license someone to, 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 to sell uh, illegal uh, products, right? Is, is that possible? Apparently it is in Apparently the Netherlands. Apparently it is, yeah. But the legislation that you mentioned earlier, Gordon, they're trying to, to fix this, and what's that all about? The, the idea is, and this has come from the municipalities and the coffee shops themselves, is that they, they want to set up a kind of legal supply line so that they're actually licensed growers who are growing under, uh, who the municipality know about and, um, uh, uh, and, and, and who grow you know, kind of um, uh, enough cannabis to supply the coffee shops so they don't have to 
go to the gangsters anymore. And the, the, the local mayors have argued for several years, actually, that you know, th this will fix a whole lot of problems in the communities because uh, you'll no longer have criminal gangs hanging around the back door of coffee shops with all the uh, problems that entails. And there's also possible health benefits because the, uh, the government will be able to actually check the quality of the product um, so to make sure there aren't, aren't too many impurities or that it's the appropriate strength uh, so that it's not uh, it's always less damaging to people's health. Um, and the, the argument really is, is it regulating it will clear up this um, uh, situation also for coffee shop owners where there's, there's been a few cases where uh, you know, a coffee shop thinks that it's acting within the law and the regulation but because it's all in this grey area um, sometimes they can suddenly be hit by a huge fine because the uh, prosecution, the prosecution service or the police decide that they've got too too much stock, uh, whatever. And they're only actually allowed to keep 500 grams on the premises, but actually, you know, in practical terms, it's impossible to run a, a coffee shop if you're only allowed to have that much uh, at any one time. So they have to have a, a stash somewhere, which is technically illegal. There's a term for this gray area, right, in Dutch law. This yeah, it's called gedoogbeleid. Yeah. And what does that mean exactly? What does that translate uh, to? Gedoog, it, it kind of means like tolerate. Okay. Um, you see it, but you allow it. Interesting. Um, uh, also, the rules for a uh, coffee shop is that customers cannot be under 18. Yeah. They can only sell five grams to... to uh, Customers uh, also they need to be 250 meters from a school, but some municipalities uh, ignore this rule. For example, Amsterdam, the city center of Amsterdam, is scattered with coffee shops, okay. even though they're also they're it's also scattered with schools. Yeah. Um, because if if they if for example Amsterdam bans coffee shop uh, 250 meters from a school, then there would be no mm. coffee shop left in the city center. So. Yeah. And, and there's some other rules that they ignore, right? Because there's also supposed to be a residency requirement in order to be able to purchase, right? That, that like according oh, yeah, to the right. legislation, you're supposed to show that you are a legal resident of the Netherlands before you purchase marijuana. Yeah, so... Um, uh, too bad for all the tourists in Amsterdam. <laughs> right? yeah. I can say from personal experience that okay. uh, no one enforces this residency permit requirement yeah. rule, so I've never been required to show a, a, an ID <laughs> saying that I'm a legal resident of the Netherlands. Yeah, this is this kind of a hangover from an initiative that they tried about three years ago uh, called the Vietpas, where they tried to restrict access to the coffee shops. So the coffee shops became kind of licensed clubs where you actually had to be a member and you had to have a little card from the coffee shop saying that you were a, a member of your local coffee shop and they also had to keep a list of all their, all their, all their customers. And the idea was that that would, um, would deter tourists coming in and that was kind of on the initiative, particularly uh, the towns in the south who had a lot of kind of cross-border tourism from Belgium and Germany coming in and then taking the drugs back home with them. Yes, because I'm from Rosendaal and that's a municipality bordering uh, Belgium and they banned all the coffee shops in, uh, in, in that municipality because of all the Belgium and all the French drug tourists which is the word they're using for it, they came to, uh, to Rosendaal and, uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of um, overlast. Indeed, uh, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And uh, there, I think Bergen Soom did it as well, that's a, a municipality bordering Rosendaal, but everyone is going now to Breda, so they <laughs> have all the issues there, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we in Rosendaal, we don't have it. Yeah, so they just kind of push the problem onto the next Yeah, plan. so you're yeah. pushing but the problem away, right? Yeah, but, but the VPAS kind of didn't work either, because a lot of um, coffee shop customers didn't object to the idea that they'd actually have to be on a register of customers, so they stopped going, and then that led to a rise in street dealing. So yeah. suddenly all the mayors and those municipalities said, no, wait a minute, that's <laughs> that's not what we wanted either no, so they had to so they had to water it down you ended up with this residency rule which half of the which most of the major cities don't apply either so yeah we, well it certainly doesn't <laughs> apply in amsterdam and yeah. it certainly doesn't apply in delft so i can sort of speak from experience <laughs> uh, on that
I don't think it applies anywhere, yeah. to be honest. No. Yeah. 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 So in the United States, you uh, have uh, the states Colorado and Washington, I believe. Yeah, there's a few places that have passed these sort of, of course, the, you know, the U.S., everything is done on the state level. And so although federally it is illegal to grow and possess marijuana, there are a number of states that have passed initiatives saying that it's legal to possess it. Um, there's a number of states that have it for medical purposes. So California did this a few years ago, Washington, D.C. There's a bunch of states. Um, but they also, in a few recent years, have passed it for just personal consumption use. Um, Colorado is kind of an interesting case because the Colorado state legislature has this, the state constitution has this rule that says if the government takes in so much money and tax dollars over the the budget that they have to return it to the citizens. And so you can't just, you know, keep this money. You have to you have to pay it back out to all of the residents of Colorado. And of course the past two years, since they've legalized marijuana, they've had to pay back money to the citizens of Colorado because they've brought in a tremendous amount of money in in, in taxes because they're now, you know, taxing the sale of marijuana. But also it turns out there's been a decrease in the amount of money they need to pay to yeah, sort of civil servants and police protection because you're no longer arresting people for marijuana possession and you're not putting them in jail, which of course costs the state money. So it's created this weird situation where there's a number of politically conservative states in the U.S. which are looking at legalizing marijuana, not because they are a bunch of hippies who want to smoke pot, but because they want the tax dollars. <laughs> they they to, want the money. Yeah. They want the money. So marijuana to Colorado is what they're calling a gas is to the Netherlands. That's exactly yeah. correct. Yeah. 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 No yeah. earthquakes, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, But it's not legal in most other places, right? Because you say there's cross-border tourism, which means it must be illegal then in Belgium and, and France and Germany, right? I mean, I, th I think that... Uh, yeah, uh, Belgium is going more and more towards... Uh, the, the Dutch model, yeah. but they see the problems with it as well. So there is a lot of hesitation in Belgium to do it in the same way, which makes sense because yeah. you know it's it is it is a ridiculous situation here in the Netherlands. Um, I know, for example, Switzerland has been debating for uh, dozens of years about you know implementing the same kind of model, but they rejected it as well. And in the United Kingdom, how is it? Uh, it's it, it, it's illegal, but I think um, a few years ago they reclassified cannabis. Um, so th there's various classes of um, drugs as there are uh, in the Netherlands. Comparable to Netherlands. it was put into a into a lower category, so that, um, that although it's still illegal, then you know, it's much less likely that if you possess a small quality, if you possess a small quantity for personal use, um, that you're regardless of the, the quality. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of the quality. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> been a few states in the U.S. that have also done this, where they yeah. essentially made it like as like essentially it's like getting a parking ticket if you get mm. busted with it. So it's not a thing that goes on your like criminal record or anything like this, which, mm. you know, is sort of de facto legalization. It just costs people money sometimes, yeah. basically, for it. No, yeah, no. there's <laughs> been, at least Portugal has uh, has decriminalized a number of drugs, and they've seen a, a lot of success, I think, in, uh, in their decriminalization sort of policies. Um, so I think that... You know, there's some, been some other places that have had some uh, some positive benefits. Yeah, and, 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 and there are kind of you know uh, health implications in terms of that uh, people who um, have problems with, with drug addiction are um, perhaps more likely to come forward and actually seek um, uh, help if they're not worried about um, you know being arrested and uh, um, taken to court or thrown into prison. And you know, the, 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 there's less the cost of petty crime associated with. Uh, um, uh, with drug use as well. Yeah. Is um, there any? Uh, are there any statistics on whether or not drug use is higher here because of the legalization? Like, do we know what the effect is, uh, sort of, on usage? It's slightly below uh, the European average. Okay. Yeah. So because it turns out that making it legal here did not cause a whole bunch of people to go run out and start smoking pot all the time. No, it hasn't really had any kind of um, uh, big measurable effects on the yeah. figures. Uh, one. No, no measurable effects on the use, but yeah. uh, definitely measurable effects on 
uh, the crime, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, and what what one sticks that's kind of interesting is that uh, um, uh, Dutch school children are, are more likely than just about any um, uh, any of their peers in Europe to have uh, tried cannabis, but but they're all less likely than just about anyone else in Europe to have, uh, to have uh, experimented with harder drugs. Oh, okay, that's so it's, it's almost as if you could argue, although you know, the evidence is, um, is, is a bit thin, that uh, because cannabis is available freely, that they're, they're less tempted to um, uh, tr uh, try other more harmful substances, or that, of course, you don't have the kind of gateway drug argument yeah. that uh, the people who are supplying the cannabis aren't also supplying you know, things like cocaine and uh, ecstasy. Yeah, harder things. Yeah. And even in a... I mean, the, the Dutch sort of have this weird tolerance situation with other stuff, because you always see every summer, right, that, like, they the Dutch police make some sort of pronouncement that if you can have a, a certain number of ecstasy pills at, a, at music festivals, then they're not going to prosecute you for this and this kinds of stuff, so... Yeah, there are uh, government health organizations that have a stand on festivals that will test the quality and the uh, exact ingredients of your ecstasy pill before you can take it, mm -hmm. so it, it is a weird gedoog uh, policy as well. Yeah, but so it, it is accepted that there is drug use, it's yeah. just... Technically, it's forbidden, but it's mm. accepted. Right. And it, it seems to me like it's one of these situations where if you're at a festival and you're using some sort of drugs and you're just behaving, you know, mostly responsibly, then it's fine. It's when yeah. you're behaving very irresponsibly mm. that you get in trouble for the, the drug use, right? I mean, I think... Exactly. If it, though, it depends on what the effects are, uh, right. uh, depending on what the um, uh, attitude of the uh, officials is yeah. towards the drugs. Yeah, I suppose that comes back to the kind of the whole principle of how the uh, cannabis law started. It was meant to be like a practical solution to a problem to say you know rather than just ban drugs blankly you accept that people use them and try to you know uh, try to make sure that uh, they don't cause too much harm to themselves and uh, and others so it's meant to be a pragmatic solution and yet we've ended up with something that's actually very impractical yeah so, yeah uh, it's sort of a very dutch approach or <laughs> an attempt at a very dutch approach right like it's yeah. very pragmatic people are yeah. going to use drugs so let's yeah. you know set up ecstasy stand uh, testing stands at festivals yeah. so people don't die from crappy yeah. ecstasy but Instead, it's created this weird situation where it's made, uh, with at least with regards to the marijuana, with that it's made uh, created drugs uh, gangs problems because they the the supply chain is still sort of infested by people doing things illegally. Yeah, and this used to be a very liberal approach to 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 drugs, right, compared to other countries right. in the world. But now other countries are catching up with us, and yeah. we don't like that. So yeah. We, we need to uh, renew. You have to be policies. more tolerant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they have to up the, up the game so yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so when will we know what the future of this legislation is is like? It, I guess it depends a bit on who gets elected in March. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to wait till after the election really and see what coalition comes together and which parties are involved. Because some parties in the Netherlands, don't forget, are still against the whole coffee shop policy, like the Christian Democrats particularly. They say in their manifesto they want to shut all the coffee shops. So if they're a part of the government then the, the whole thing might get overturned all over again. Yeah. Uh, but, but, the <laughs> but the law passed in Parliament, so now it's going to the Senate, where it's uh, very plausible that it will be rejected, and yeah. it will go back to, uh, to, to the second chamber again, and depending on how the... Uh, 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 the parliament is, um, you know, uh, how the parties in the in the parliament look like. Uh, it will may or may not uh, uh, develop into something different. Gotcha. Well, we will uh, keep our listeners updated with uh, the ongoing cannabis legislation yes. debate. Indeed, in the exact status of what they can and can't uh, take on their weekends in Amsterdam. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's all we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We'll include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. And you can now send comments, compliments and abuse by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. My thanks to Molly Quell and Paul Peters. I'm Gordon Darroch and we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>